Welcome to the 21st episode of the Hardwired Hockey Podcast, featuring your host, Matthew Sheridan, and I am Tyler Prosik. Today, we're going to be covering all the NHL action happening the past few days, including Vertanen being placed on leave, Yarmir Yager saying he will be back for his age 50 season, the Seattle Kraken officially becoming an NHL franchise, and um, Ilya Kovalchuk getting his contract terminated, as well as the thing we all love to see, the Montreal Canadiens struggling to play hockey. Matt, what is up? Not much. Uh, for all the listeners, Tyler's rocking a nice hat. So, Bud Light uh, cowboy hat. I mean, not Bud uh, Light, but Red Bull. Red Bull. <laughs> <sighs> it's been a long day. It adds to it. You might have to wear it every week now because uh, facts. That's probably maybe I'll, his, maybe I'll wear it on the Jays way as well. Just yeah, you should add some add some spark. Anyways. Um, we can just go ahead and get started here. I think we'll leave Vertanen not first because that's a heavy topic to start on. Yeah. Let's start with uh, Yamir Yager saying he's coming back. Um, he's played a poop ton of games in the NHL, 1,733 games with – oh, my God, how many points does he have? Oh, my God. Is that right? 1,921 points? Yeah, he's second all-time now. Holy – God. Anyways, so he has a lot of points, played a lot of games for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different teams. Holy moly. That's crazy. Anyways, um, what are your thoughts on him coming back for his age 50 season? Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. Um, he holds the record of having uh, played 33 professional hockey seasons, which is the most in professional hockey history. So the guy's an angel's wonder. Um Although he's not up to NHL caliber anymore, that he uh, fell off that train a bit a few years ago. It's still beyond impressive that he's um, going to be um, 50 uh, next year on February 15th and still playing professional hockey. So, uh, like you mentioned, he's second all time in, in NHL points with 1921. Uh, he's one of the best uh, NHL players of all time, uh, not in the, of the likes with Lemieux and Yager, uh, Lemieux and Gretzky and stuff, but one could argue that he's a, a tier below that because he's been so good for so long. And um, I remember watching him growing up and he was such an impressive hockey player. So um, yeah, it, I guess it helps that he does own, I think he, I'm not sure if he owns, like he has a, a full stake in the team or if he owns half of it, but he, he does own some part of HC Cladno in the, the Czech extra Liga. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that helps his situation that he still wants to play as no one can really tell him if he can or not. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I just, it's insane. Um, every year you think he's going to retire and then he's just like, Nope, I'm going to continue to keep on going. So as long as he's feeling good, as long as he can keep up with it, then uh, kudos to him. This is, this is extremely impressive. And uh, I don't think you'll ever see anything like this ever again, because yeah, Gordy Howe did it. Um, but at the same time, this is a different time, a different age. And uh it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's just incredible, a lack of words, to be honest with you, and uh, all the best to him because he's, it, it's just really impressive, a trailblazer in, in this sense, and uh, what, what do you think? Because uh, I, I find I'm kind of rambling on just how impressive it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, like, I'm a pretty, you know, big Yager fan considering he was on the Panthers uh, for three seasons, I think. Yeah, three seasons. Um, and he played pretty well for us. I mean, 181 games, 130 points. Um, it's not that bad when he was, I'm pretty sure how, 
Yeah, he was in his 40s then. Uh, one, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, like late 30s, early 40s. Um, so I'm a pretty big fan of him. And for, for a casual hockey fan that may be, you know, listening, he's a two-time cup winner. He won the Art Ross. Or no, all-rookie team in 1990. Um, oh, yeah, he did. He won the Art Ross five times. Uh, three times Ted Lindsay Award winner, and one-time Hart winner, eight-time All-Star, and the Masterton Trophy winner in 2015-2016. So he's like a legend. And, I mean, to continue playing is pretty cool, but don't kill yourself. Like, Jesus, man, you're turning 50 years old. He's, He's a year younger than my mom, and he's still playing professional hockey. Like that's insane. Um, that holy crap! That actually blows my mind. Oh, and by the way, he played for Florida when he was uh, 42, 43, and forty-four. Yeah, so that's crazy. Jeez. Um, Anyways, yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. Just uh, hope he doesn't die before he finishes playing hockey because that's insane. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you said most of it, so we can move on from that, but Yager definitely pretty cool that he's still playing. I really hope he retires after this season before he breaks his leg or something. Um, but anyways, we'll move on from that. One thing I wanted to add quickly is on elite prospect Zillis's height and weight at six two, two hundred and fifty four pounds. So really not in game shape anymore. Yeah. Six two, two fifty four. So it's a good, he's definitely not in a NHL shape anymore, but it's still impressive that he's going out there and playing professional hockey. <laughs> That's funny. You would hear NHL coaches on his ass for, yeah, you'd have to drop a ton of weight if you wanted to yeah. have a chance. But like you mentioned, I just wanted to touch base. He had 42 points in 46 points in 82 games in, in his last season in Florida. And then he went to the Flames and had seven points in 22 games. I just wanted to point out that's incredibly impressive at his age as well. So just a timeless wonder, in my opinion. Mm. Um, so I think from there, we'll move on to another old fart, um, Ilya Kovalchuk. And what he's, what did you say? His contract got terminated? Yeah, his contract he... was terminated. Okay, so you can take it from Mutually here. Mutually terminated. We can talk. So what are, what are your thoughts on his uh, contract being terminated? What's next for him, do you think? Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about because he's 38, uh, he's turning 39. No, he already turned my bad. He's April 15th. For some reason, I thought he had a May birthday, but, um, he, he turned 38 on April 15th. So, uh, he's getting up there in age. Uh, I mean, what he did with Avangard Omsk for people who don't follow uh, hockey in Russia, just won uh, the Gagarin cup, which is, um, technically their Stanley cup. And uh, he was the captain of the team, put up 17 points in 16 games in the regular season. Looked pretty good in the playoffs as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because I I think he had a year left on his contract or something. And um, I might be wrong. I, I don't know the exact logistics, but they did mutually terminate, like you said. And um, there have been some people that want him to come back and sign in, in uh, the NHL, whether it be with the Seattle Kraken um, I did see some things on Twitter and we touched base on that on my other podcast, but um, 
Yeah, it's just he, like I said, the last, in 2019-20, he did struggle out of the gates with the LA Kings. He had nine points in 17 games, but then he went to Montreal and he was fantastic. He had 13 points in 22 games. I specifically remember the overtime winner that uh, he scored against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I just thought he looked fantastic that game. And then he went to Washington, was traded at the trade deadline, and he had six points in seven games during the regular season. So I still think he he has uh, a few years left in the tank. And um, at the right price, I do think it's something that um, maybe a team like the Kraken or, or maybe another team could look at, although I wouldn't give him more than like a million just because of his age and stuff. You don't want to invest too much into him. But again, an interesting tidbit of information. And um if he does, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does sign another contract in Russia as well. But again, uh, interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I think if he comes back to North America, which I, I'm reading on uh, Hockey Reference, one of the sites I look at for my hockey information, um, there's a linked article here saying he does want to return to the NHL. Um, so it's just a matter of if anyone's interested. Um, I think maybe Seattle um, as a veteran presence for the first year. Possibly. I mean, if they want to fill a roster spot, sure. It'd be kind of funny if now that they're um, this will actually be a great transition to our next topic, which is Seattle. Um, but it'll be pretty cool if Seattle's first decision is to bring in Ilya Kovalchuk to sign as your first player, which I don't think they would do. I think that would be kind of silly. But um, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens um, with Kovalchuk. But I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to an NHL like reunion, like, yeah, two years ago, he had 13 points in 22 games with, with Montreal. And then when he went to Washington, he had four points in seven games. So like, like you mentioned, so, I mean, I think, yeah, maybe one year at league minimum um, is something I would do. I would not go above league minimum for him, um, especially if I'm a a team that's cap strapped. Um, But yeah, I think, I think it could be a good, good choice for, I guess Seattle, if uh, if they're looking to get some veteran leadership in the room, considering it's their first roster they're ever sending out. So I guess we'll we'll see what their what their plan is. I don't know if they're gonna do what Vegas did and just um, once they got that team ten games in, they were like, okay, we're gonna win, we're gonna win this year, um, and then they lost to Ovechkin. But anyways, um, that will transition us quite quickly right into uh, a very interesting topic um, that I'm really, really excited for is Seattle and uh, the expansion draft this summer. Um, What do you think of them officially becoming a team? What do you think about the expansion draft and who do you think the Leafs are going to lose? Yeah. um, I just wanted to correct myself. You said uh, four points in seven games. I do not know how I got six points in seven games. I just read it wrong, but um, I just wanted to correct myself. He did have four points in seven games with the Washington Capitals. But, yeah, um, it's exciting news. Uh, the NHL owners are, are extremely happy considering they're going to get a crap ton of money. Um, so they're probably sleeping well at night. But it's it's just exciting. Um, it, it's I was ecstatic to hear the news um, when they did announce that Seattle was going to get an NHL team. My favorite NFL team is the Seattle Seahawks. So I do know how um, awesome their fans are. Um, yeah. In my opinion, uh, the, NF- the Seahawks have the best fans in the league. But um, yeah, just it's it's awesome news. Following um, what they did last summer with the revelation of their team name, the Kraken, and um, what they've been able to do over social media over the pandemic, 
um, just being a leading, um, just, I think an absolute trailblazer in terms of like, I'm working with the black girl hockey club. Um, I apologize if I got the name wrong. I do think it's called the black girl hockey club. Um, just, just amazing work with, um, with organizations and, um, uh, clubs that, um, might not have been worked with before. Um, I do think you're seeing a, a turn in the NHL and it's, I think, um, I applaud them for that because it's absolutely fantastic to see. And, um, and, and in terms of them finally being named an NHL franchise with their last payment a few days ago, it's exciting because um, a few years, I think 2017 was when the Vegas Golden Knights came to the league. Uh, their first player that they signed was Reed Duke, who was um, playing with the Brandon Wheat Kings at the time. He's currently playing with the Henderson Silver Knights, I think. Um, it was funny because as of the first player, um, he didn't have any teammates. So they made a video of him playing soccer by himself. So I just think that was a, a kind of a funny thing back then. And uh, if the Kraken can do something similar to that, I think it it would kind of be funny at the same time, but it would also be a great way to welcome more fans into the league. So again, exciting time seeing them. They're able to officially make trades. Um, I think make signings for sure. Um, like we mentioned just a few minutes ago, it would be interesting to see if Kovalchuk would sign with them, but I, I agree with you. I doubt they do that. Um, but yeah, just an exciting time. I'm, I, for one, am glad that the league has finally reached an even number of teams again. Uh, 31 was, in my opinion, I always like to have even amount of teams. Uh, it just it just makes sense in my mind. And now that they have, I think it'll be 17 in the East and 15. Or I might be wrong. I think it's, I thought they had more teams in the East than they did the West. I could be wrong, but I think adding one in the West will help for sure uh, i'm gonna that that's gonna that's gonna bug me i'm gonna check it quickly okay and um, while you're checking i'm just gonna say something uh yeah about your point about them being like super progressive they're like they're so incredible like their instagram page is so funny their bio is literally now that we have a team name we're strategizing all the ways to draft your favorite player like that's that's awesome and um, in regards to like climate change and stuff like that, like their, their arena is literally called climate pledge arena. Um, it's uh, sponsored by Amazon, I think um, there, they made like three like statements and one is measure and report uh, the ways they're going to help um, with climate change in the Seattle area uh, is measure and report greenhouse gas emissions on a regular basis, work together to decarbonize value chains and uh, restore our planet's uh, resiliency and carbon that can't be eliminated from our operations will be offset by credible investments in forestry projects. So they're doing all these great things. Um, and there's like a lot of public transit things that they're funding um, where you can like go, if you have a ticket to the game, you get free transportation, stuff like that. Uh, they invested $40 million in biking, walking and transportations uh, uptown Seattle. Uh, so they did all these things for the city and they're not, they just became a team. So it's really awesome. Um. Yeah, so they had the Atlantic and Metropolitan. They had Bruins, Sabres, Red Wings, Panthers, Canadian Senators, Lightning, Leafs, which is two, four, six, eight. And then they had Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, and, and Capitals, which was another eight, so 16. So they did have 16 teams in the East and 14 teams in the West before they added Vegas, which made it 15, and Seattle will make it 16, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah, it's... Again, nice to see that they have an even amount of teams. I, for one, am 
still holding out hope for Quebec to eventually get a team just because um, my family's from Quebec and uh, I've just seen the passion of hockey fans up there and it'd be nice to cheer for a team because I will always have a, a hate for the Montreal Canadiens in my heart <laughs> but um, because because of my love for the Leafs but I just think the Quebec Nordiques coming back would be absolutely fantastic for the league and fantastic for Canada because there's talks of there's been talks in the past of um, potentially having Ottawa leave with Eugene Melnick and um, there was a, a story a few I think a few years back or I read something recently that um, Edmonton and Calgary were really close to leaving as well because they struggled financially I think this was like I think more than 10 years ago but again it just goes to show um, that sometimes teams can struggle and I think adding another NHL team in Canada would just make it more special it's hockey's absolutely insane in Canada did you want to add something yeah, I was going to say, I think if uh, Quebec was to get a team again, it would be Florida that would move there. Yeah, and then I'd, I'd that instantly become one of my favorite teams because yeah, uh, Quebec's, I don't know, it's just, it's special. Uh, I, 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 it sucks that um, Quebec had to leave, um, became the Colorado Avalanche. But again, going back to Seattle, uh, it's going to be absolutely incredibly exciting um, to we're going to have episodes where we just kind of go through who we think will be selected and uh, we'll have a reaction to it. Yeah. But um, finally answering your question about who you think Toronto will lose. It's, it's interesting. I would personally like to see Justin Hole leave. Um, Some people might disagree with that, but he had a great start to the season was looking absolutely incredible, but then kind of fell off a bridge and is now not a top four defenseman. So in my opinion, I'd rather lose him over Travis Dermott. Um, I just think Dermott creates more in terms of offense. Uh, I think I read somewhere that he had he was in the top ten amongst defensemen in high danger uh, expected goal. Uh, high again in analytic. Um, I'm, I'm not really fully adept at analytics, but um, something that was for sure positive with him creating offense. So. Um, I do think he, I, I've loved Dermot since he played for the Erie Otters and I was absolutely ecstatic that we got him uh, in the second round, I believe in 2015. So, and an awesome player in my opinion. So yeah, Hull could be an option. Uh, Pierre Engvall could be another option. I do think we will leave him unprotected. I do think he does serve some value, could be like a Tomasz Nosek type player in, uh, in Vegas for the, for the Kraken. Um, there's a lot of other players that could get selected, like an Adam Brooks, um, a few younger guys, maybe. I, I don't know why I'm blanking right now, but um, I do think Adam Brooks would be another option. But yeah, just probably one of those three, not a guy. I, we're going to protect, of course, Matthews, Marner, um, Muzzin, Brody, uh, Riley as well, um, even though his contract's up next year. Um yeah, Tavares is absolutely going to get protected. Nylander is going to get protected. Um, yeah, I, it, it's tough to say. I don't have it right in front of me right now. Um, I'm probably, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go and look up Cap Friendly. I'm going to look up uh, the Seattle. But yeah, it's just, I, I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are with in terms of Florida, who you think they would lose, and then I'll find what yeah. I, I was talking about. Um... I'll just uh, touch on Seattle quick. Um, I think Seattle's in for a little bit of a rough go. Um, Vegas came in at a pretty good time. 
Um, the draft, if I'm not mistaken, was pretty good that year um, when they when they came in in 2017. Um, they drafted sixth overall, didn't they? I think. I forget. I know their first pick was – crap, why am I drawing a blank? I know their, their first – they had three picks in the first round. They had Brandstrom, Nick Suzuki, and Peyton Krebs. I think yeah. their first pick was – Krebs. No, not Peyton Krebs. Why? I'm an idiot. Um, I, I could name. be wrong. Anyway, I'm gonna look up. Yeah, I'm gonna look um, up. So yeah, I think this draft is a little. Uh, it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, unless they win first overall, which would be awesome. I I would love that. Um, um, then I don't know. I think they're in for a rough go, and there's not yeah. really a lot of guys available this year that are. Cody Glass. Not oh Peyton yeah, that's Krebs. right. So yeah. Cody Glass went sixth, Suzuki went thirteenth, and Brankstrom went fifteenth. So mm-hmm. I would get um, Glass and Krebs mixed up. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough year for them unless they find diamonds in the rough, like like a William Carlson kind of thing, um, which I just think was super rare and was really lucky. Um, then uh, we'll see how it goes. I love their jerseys. I love. I think Seattle's going to be crazy awesome fans. Um, and speaking about like, like Quebec, if Florida moved to Quebec, I would actually be able to go see their game. So I would actually love that. Um, but you know, I don't think it's going to happen, especially because Florida starting to win now and hopefully they stay like this. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I'm so excited for Seattle and in regards to who Florida is going to lose, I'm pretty confident that we're going to lose Nolachari. Um, just because he's such like you can play him in so many different ways. He's played on our first line. He's played on our second line. He's played on our third and he's played on our fourth. He plays every line and wherever he goes, he's successful. Uh, he makes an impact. His four checking ability is insane. Um, his uh, shorthanded. He's so great. Blocks so many shots. Um, he's really physical down low. And um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Noah Chari, So it's going to be tough if we lose him. Um, but I am also thinking that, um, because Florida has been so good this year, uh, Bill Zito is going to trade our first along with Keith Yandel to, to Seattle uh, for them to pick Keith Yandel. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but I, I would be so happy if we could get – like Keith Yandel has been pretty good this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if we bring back Brandon Montour. Um, he's been pretty good with the Panthers so far. Um, and we also have some prospects coming up. Um, so we'll see, but um, we need the money Kirstead for Barkov. Hmm? You want to get Kierstead more playing time as well. Yeah, exactly. Like Kierstead could – yeah, exactly. Um, he, he could replace someone uh, down there uh, on defense. And we need we need the money for Barkov, so he's got to find some room. Um, and then the we also need to sign Bennett now, um, who's incredible, 11 points in eight yeah. games. Um, compared to his 12 points in 38 games in Calgary this year. Um, he's looking like a true fourth overall pick again, um, or now. Um, he's never really looked this good before. So, I don't know. It's going yeah. to be it's be an interesting go with Seattle. But, I mean, they're already one of my favorite teams now because I love their jerseys. Uh, the name Kraken, at first I wasn't sure, but I love it now. Um, so You get to call it the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. That's so awesome. No, so I'm a huge fan, and I'm really excited to see what they do in their first year. 
Um, yeah, and I, I just pulled up the list. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, Did you no, want to ask something quickly? No, no, go ahead. Um, yeah, so you've got um, Barkov and Huberdeau again. Um, Huberdeau has an NMC, so he probably he's he's going to get protected. Okay. Um, 5.9 each. Um, Barkov's again next year. Huberdeau's at 2023. Uh, you guys will probably protect Hornquist, I'm assuming. Yeah, I assume so. Um, 2023, uh, Sam Bennett's an RFA this year, but I assume you guys resign him, might protect him. Frank Vetrano, you think he'll get protected? Um, he's he's an option to be taken, I think. Do you think Wemberg gets protected? Mm, he's a UFA. Yeah. So again, if you guys resign him, Duclair probably gone again. You guys have to resign Verhage. Oh no, he's an RFA next year. So yeah, um, he's but signed again. Verhage's fantastic with you guys. Achari again, really good. You guys have some interesting options. You got, um, again, I'd be more intended to go with a guy like Alexi Sorella or maybe Mason Marchman, but Yuho Lamico, um, Ryan Lomberg. Um, but yeah, I do think the best move for you guys, and you you absolutely protect Ekblad and Uyghur. Right. Um, They're not going to protect Bob. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have to, I think. Oh, yeah. I think he's a no move clause. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just Yandel would be a fantastic like if you guys do trade your first. Um, 2022 is a you guys maybe could trade because I think the expansion draft is after the the actual NHL draft if I'm not mistaken. Really? So I don't I don't know when the exact Seattle crack and expansion draft. But yeah, if you guys if it's if it's before then yeah I would definitely trade your 2021 first. Um, rather than your 2022nd or 2022 or 2023 um, draft pick, because those years are going to be absolutely crazy in terms of prospects. Yeah, it's going to be so. The expansion draft is on um, July 21st, and the NHL draft is on July 23rd. Okay, so yeah, you if you guys could move your first um, at this year's draft um, to get Yandel off. The books for you guys that'd be fantastic you guys don't have to give up anything you don't have to worry about it and yandel's still a serviceable defenseman um, and that's 6.3 million dollars yeah, off the books you guys would probably have to retain some of it i i would assume but again i i definitely that'd be i 100 agree with you that's something that i would definitely look at because you guys don't want to be on the receiving end of another marsh or so and smith because yeah that definitely hurts you guys knowing knowing zito um Whatever he does, I, I, I trust him. <laughs> like, what he's done with Montour, who's looked amazing with the Panthers, with Bennett, and with Gusev, who's all looked good. Like, I, he has my full trust. I trust the man with my life. Bennett is an interesting case. He's been absolutely fantastic with you guys, but just because his lack of production in the past, um, yeah, I would definitely resign him. I'd give him, like, a one-year deal or something. But, again, I would – proceed with caution with him just because he's been so inconsistent throughout his career yeah but um in terms with the Leafs, matthews taveras marner nylander are getting protected um if we can resign hyman and we don't lose him absolutely uh, i think that's five forwards um we're protecting muzzin brody riley um as much as i hate to admit it we'll probably protect hall so that's our four defensemen, and then we'll probably protect Jack Campbell in that. So, um, 
yeah, it gives a lot of good options for the Kraken. You've got Felino is probably going to head back to Columbus and re-sign with them. Just, just makes sense for them. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if we, sorry, did you say something? No, no. Um, I don't know if we, I personally wouldn't protect Kerfoot. I do think uh, his cap hits a bit steep for what he's worth, but a UFA in 2023. So he still has a few years left on his contract. So again, he's 26. So he's still young. If he, if he was producing like he was in Colorado, I'd absolutely protect him. But if we can't resign Hyman, then I do think we do protect him. Riley Nash is going to be gone. Wayne Simmons depends, but that's definitely not someone you protect. Engvall would be an interesting option in RFA next year. So uh, the Kraken would be getting one year with him. And uh, Galchenyuk's probably just going to resign on a one-year deal or something with the Leafs. Not too bad. Nason, again, hasn't played with the Leafs yet. Nick Patan would be an interesting option. A guy who's, although on the older side at 26, um, I do think he's hit his ceiling. He hasn't really gotten a chance with the Leafs, so would be welcome to be moved. Joey Anderson will probably keep. They won't select him. Same with Agostino. Brooks would be an interesting option. He's been playing really well on the fourth line. And then guys like Mulgan, Saber, and Spezza will probably resign with us. He said, again, when he was put on waivers, he either remains in Toronto or retires. And then Callie Kosala and Anthony Suomela will stay with us probably. Um, oh, no, they're UFAs, my bad. So they'll probably just sign somewhere else. We always lose their AHL guys. And then Joe Thornton, who knows with him. And then um, Bogosian is a UFA this year. I personally was wrong with him at the start. He's been he's looked pretty solid with the Leafs. So maybe he's an option. I doubt they, uh, they're not going to select him because they can just sign him. And then uh, another interesting option, like I mentioned, I'd hate to lose Dermot, but he would probably be their best selection. Or Callie Rosen has some promise, though. But all in all, some some decent options. And uh, it's, it's going to be an exciting time for sure. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, just moving on here, we're not going to really talk about it because we don't really know anything. But um, Jake Vertanen is on leave from the Canucks um, for after sexual misconduct allegations. And I'm reading from CBC here. Um, so the Canucks are taking it very seriously and um, um, are are taking, you know, the claims super seriously as they should. And they're going to, um, they said, we have engaged external expertise to assist in an independent investigation. And we have placed for Tannen on leave as we wait for more information. So he won't be playing. Uh, no charges have been laid and neither Vertanen nor his representatives have responded to the allegations. So I'm sure there'll be more to come there that we may touch on next week, um, but really not not anything else to talk about there. Uh, and just to wrap things up, I think we'll just talk about Montreal quickly and uh, how they're not doing so great. Cole Caulfield made his debut. Um, he currently has no points right now, um, but he's only played like two games or something like that, or three games or something. I don't know. I forget. Um, anyways, Montreal's not doing too good. I think they were dumb for not trading Philip Deneau at the deadline. Um, they could have got a decent amount for him, um, even though he's not having the greatest year. Um, because I have a feeling he's going to be gone. Um, Montreal is just, it's just not that good, man. And um, I think, you know, a big part of it is Carey Price has been injured a lot. Um, and their power play, their power play is not bad. Um, their penalty kill is not that great, 
Um, so there's that. And yeah, their save percentages, their team save percentage is 898 and the league average is 904. Um, so they haven't, they haven't been doing that great in the goaltending department. Um, it's on, they've, they've lost. I'm just looking at their last few games. I couldn't say the actual number, but they've only won like one, two, three, four games in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They've won four of their last ten. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. I can tell you that. Um, but um, I mean, hey, hey. Leafs Montreal first I round. Hope, yeah, I hope the Leafs can do something, but I'm always afraid about the Leafs with the Canadians because yeah, no, Leafs they always Montreal seem to have our number. Round. Every time I see a Leafs fan say something on Twitter, like, oh my god, I can't wait to see like Habs fans cry when we crush them. I screenshot it because I'm gonna repost them all if the Leafs lose in the first round of Montreal, which would be the best thing in the entire freaking world. But um, just because it's hilarious, like, yes, the Leafs were my cup pick. But that would be even funnier. Um, anyway, what I do you don't. think about Montreal not doing so hot right now? Yeah. Um, I think Cole Caulfield looked good. He's um, Although he hasn't produced any points, he's um, been involved in the play. Again, I don't have a, a, a deep grasp of analytics, but I did see some, some stuff that did indicate that he was doing really well. And uh, when he had the puck on his – when he had possession of the puck, he was making plays. So that's a positive. Um, again, there's, uh, Eric Gustafson did put up a, a fantastic season with Chicago a few years ago, but again, has been always terrible defensively. And it just showed again last night. And it, it when you've got a guy like Brett Kulak, just sitting on the sidelines, he's been fantastic all season long. Um, I just don't understand the move. I really don't. Um, you've got to get Brett Kulak in, although he's been playing, um, against some lesser competition it's he's still a fantastic fantastic defenseman and a guy who deserves to be in the lineup every night so I don't think that's a good decision on Ducharme's end and yeah just their struggles again I really do think that they would have picked it up but they've they've got a lot of injuries like Gallagher Weber was out last night Druin's taken a personal leave and will be out at least 10 games or 24 days he was placed on LTIR so they're kind of hurting and they're not getting a lot of production. Like you mentioned from Dino. Um Suzuki looks like one of their only better, good players out there. So again, for a Leafs fan, uh, I always love seeing Montreal struggle. I know I respect some Habs fans, but it's always a back and forth battle with us. It's always, if the Leafs are doing terrible, they're always giving it to us. And if the Montreal Canadiens are doing terrible, we always give it to them. So um, that's what makes the sport of hockey so much fun and, the fan base is going back and forth at each other. But again, if the Leafs do play the Habs in the first round, which is more than likely, uh, I'm going to be one that's going to have uh, I'm going to be one that's um, cautiously optimistic because the Leafs and the Habs, the Habs always play well against us. They always have our number. And I don't know, just something that makes me nervous. I'd much rather play someone like the Winnipeg Jets. I do think we, we played really well against them this season. So, but again, uh, I have not been alive for a, a Toronto Maple Leafs Montreal Canadiens playoff series. So for me, this would be one of my favorite um, stretch of games of my life. It would be so exciting. Um, it sucks that there can't be ha- us fans in the stands because they would be absolutely nuts. But yeah, again, um, Montreal struggles is something that every team goes through. And um, 
I do think, like you said, uh, like was that it was mentioned last summer with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Carey Price is a different monster in the playoffs and played fantastic for them. So if mm-hmm. he can come back and stand on his head, that's going to be a scary thought. So um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a Leaf fan. There are some really stupid Leaf fans out there, but um, I'm not gonna be one who says we're gonna win automatically because that's not the that's not the truth. Any NHL team can go on a hot streak, especially when you have what used to be one of the, the best goalies of the decade um, who still has um, flashes. He has suffered from injuries, but I feel like I'm rambling on. So it, it'll it be fun. And I just wanted to add one more thing um, before we do wrap it up. Um, it was announced today that uh, the OHL is having a showcase for its players. Uh, it was organized. It's going to be held in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um Organized by players Andrew Perot or Perot, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, Ryan Beck, Ryan Humphrey, and Brendan Hoffman. So um, kudos to them. They have over 125 players committed to it, 77 to 79 forwards, 31 to 34 defensemen, and 12 goalies at this point. But the numbers could go up in terms of fans. Um, it's undetermined due to growing rosters and number of people along with the players. Um, but they do think that they can get one to 200 fans in once things are cleared up. So Considering that the OHL is um, the only junior league that did not get a chance to play um, out of the, the three CHL leagues, this is really exciting, um, a chance to see some of the top prospects. Although there are some that are playing at the under-18 World Championships right now. Um, they're, not all of them are getting that chance to play. So um, for, for these guys, it's their chance to show the scouts and fans what they're made of. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited and, and I'm happy for them because they're finally getting a chance at what I do feel is they kind of got the shorter end of the stick. Ontario, don't even get me started at how bad we've handled the pandemic. And I don't think it's been fair to them because they've deserved to play. And I do understand restrictions and stuff and keeping players safe is definitely the top priority, but um, it's just frustrating because there was talks about it in April and then we went into a third lockdown. And now we're stuck with this. So it's good to see. Yeah, good, good, good for the OHL. Um, that, that's good for the players. Um, and OHL is always a great league to watch. So hopefully they can come back strong next year. Um, so yeah, we thank you uh, for joining us this week. Follow us on Twitter at hockey underscore wired pod and let us know what you think about the episode. Reach out with any suggestions for topics as we'd love to talk about whatever you're wondering about the hockey universe. Matt, where can people find you and what do you got going on? Yeah, you can follow me at, on Twitter at Sheridan underscore Matt, S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N underscore M-A-T. Um, again, I've, I've been really, although it's summer, I've been trying to, I definitely wanted to take this week to just relax and do nothing. So although the U18 championships were off, I, I just wanted to sit back and kind of recoup from what was a long year in school. So I'm, I'm going to try and start writing some more draft prospect profiles with the hockey writer and again, just more scouting reports for FC, so look out for that. Sounds good. And you can find me, Prosec Tyler, on Twitter, P-R-O-C-Y-K Tyler on Twitter, or Tyler R. Prosec underscore on Instagram. Lots of stuff with OTL you can check out. Blue Jays Way podcast, this new Spike podcast with Jack Brillo and Robert Vona. Um, you can check out some NFL draft recaps that are coming out with OTL. Lots of uh, baseball um, recaps for all the Jays games. Um that are usually done by me, um, but sometimes other people. So you can check those out. Um, And we got some cool baseball articles coming out later in the month too, that you can definitely check out. 
Um, so be sure to do that. And thanks again for joining us and we'll talk to you next time.